Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Lucas and Vincent were not in the mainstream of gay life. I was saving body parts, such as uh, skulls. Doesn't it bother you that he's a fag? You have done me a great service. Now I must service you. And the drugs were, were always a, a cry for attention, for somebody to pay attention to me before I, you know, kill somebody. <laughs> You can imagine what it smells like if you go into a closed room. Something is trying to get inside my body. Yeah, she's female and she's waiting for you in the cabana. And you want to sleep with me. Buckle up, sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies podcast. Your guide to true crime, horror, and everything man on man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, staring at the beautiful face of my filthy little slave, Sam Hamilton. Hello, Sam. Good evening, master and comrades. <laughs> comrades. Comrades. As, as, as opposed to comrades? I just wanted to sound posh, but maybe I just sounded uneducated. <laughs> maybe I... Yeah, I, my self-esteem's taken such a beating from my master that I just... I intentionally sabotage things. It's not my fault. I Let's let's make comrades a thing. It's the sophisticated... Comrades. Uh, it's like the bougie way of being a communist. Um... <laughs> Uh, you would have heard a new opening for the podcast before this. Uh, neither Sam nor I know what the new opening is going to be, but uh, let us know what you think about it and whether or not I say, you think I we should keep it. I say new one, but it, sa- it sounds a bit too much like the Walking Dead theme. You probably didn't like it. Uh, well, hopefully it's not that that I'll eventually put in. Um, yeah, I, we don't know what the, the opening is going to be, but... Uh, we're mixing it up a bit. We want to know what you think. Today's episode is on a recently released movie on Shudder. Please sponsor us, Shudder. Uh, that would be really great, despite what we may say about your movie <laughs> very soon. But please sponsor us. Uh, Spiral is a new movie on Shudder. Um, it was released officially in 2019 
not to be confused with Spiral 2020. Well, okay. It actually only had its, uh, it only did it had a festival run in 2019. It was officially released like two weeks ago. Yeah. So it was, it premiered in 2019 and was officially released on Shudder this year. Uh, don't get the name confused with Spiral 2020, which was that saw spin-off called Spiral. Yeah, I think it's been, bumped, I think it's been bumped up to next year now anyways. But yeah, it's, yeah. it ain't that film. Um, that film could have some gay subtext that we are unaware of, but I'm, it I'm doubting. It's got <laughs> it like Chris not. Rock or something. Uh, so Spiral 2019 was directed by Curtis David Harder and written by Colin Minahan and John Piliquin. It is about a same-sex couple who moves to a small town with their 16-year-old daughter when strange things begin to occur. It's my first night there. I see this guy, and I was terrified. You're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, choosing to live your life loud and proud is about the bravest thing you can do in this world. That robot's pretty good. I'm Tiffany, your new neighbor. I'm Aaron. This is my partner. Hi. Wow. I'm just so happy we have some fresh faces in the neighborhood. I think I saw something. Now, before we get into spoilers, Sam, what did you think of Spiral? I think you liked this more than I did. I definitely liked it more than you did, as is, you know, common when we watch films. I'm a little bit more lenient, I think. I I just give in to the experience and see what happens. Sam has had some bad experience with reviews. Well, I've had bad experiences with my own film. I try not to read them anymore. So, yeah, (laughs) maybe it's, yeah, see, it's, it's... that empath that's hidden very deep inside my heart is it climbs out when we review other people's movies. Well, I you know, I think this film is like well made on a technical level. The act, the performances are good. There are some creepy moments. It doesn't all quite come together, you know, like as well as it could and it but you know, I I wasn't I didn't want to turn it off. I wasn't infuriated at any point during the film like maybe you were. Well, I, I, what annoys me a little bit is, like, some of the reactions to this. Like, people are calling this the get-out for gays. Uh, when I think clearly... that's accurate, though, because I, I feel like this cl- this film clearly tried to mimic Get Out. Like, the Get Out happened, though. I feel like that's definitely what got this film greenlit. I, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that's how they said it in, like, the pitch meeting. But, like, unlike totally. Jordan, Jordan Peele... Uh, when he made Get Out, understood subtlety, and I felt like he understood horror a lot better than uh, the filmmakers here. I've never heard of these people before. I'm not sure if they've done much horror films in the past, but well, like every horror cliche was there and every gay cliche was there. <laughs> but I kind of appreciated it because I think that you've seen it from this quite like critical, serious lens. I kind of thought it was a little bit campy and outrageous. So I kind of, I know you don't like camp things, so maybe that's why. No, but no, I no. thought some of it was so ridiculous that I kind of had fun with it and was just kind of along for the ride, you know? I would have been okay with that if that went, like, if it decided to go kind of full B-movie. I would have been on board with it, but it was trying to be very serious and very heavy, heavy handed. And when we get into the plot, I'll talk about it, but it just felt like the, the movie was kind of 
had this really non-subtle message to it about oh there was nothing subtle about it yeah this like this like homophobia and like look at society man um and if it was going for camp I don't think it would have had that kind of heavy hand. No, I don't think it was going for camp, but I think that's what sometimes what makes a camp classic is when that wasn't the intention and the films ends up playing out like that. It yeah. probably helped. I, I've always found the lead actor. I'm forgetting his name right now. Jeffrey something or other. I've seen him in other things and I think he just has a very like dramatic personality and it always just shines through in his acting. Like, but like I mean dramatic as in like very OTT. Because he was in, you know, he was he was often in a very kind of enhanced state in the film. So maybe his acting style just kind of I became immersed in it for the wrong reasons. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like I, I didn't think any of the acting was bad or anything like that. I just think that the writing and the structure of the movie itself. I wanted more sex scenes because the couple were actually pretty hot. It's like my dynamic, you know, a bit of a daddy and a bit of a you know slightly younger kind of like creative type. I like that that's combo. What, that's what that. That's another thing that annoys me is that, like, always when people try and do these, like, social issue films, even if they're doing a horror spin on it, it's very desexualized. Like, everyone's, everything has to be framed in this really, like, romantic and family They did talk about wanting to have a threesome. I know, I like that. That was a good part. We'll get to that when we get to the plots. I did, that was a, that was a, a good point where they didn't try and make the husband or like jealous that was yeah uh so i i wasn't a fan of this film uh i don't think it deserves half the praise that it was getting in terms of the horror elements none of them worked for me some of the horror elements to me were like laughably bad um there are some scenes with some ghosts that look terrible uh, yeah. It kind of reminds me a bit of a Lifetime movie. That's exactly what it reminds me of. Again, the, yeah, the heavy-handed social messaging uh, with the kind of clunky attempts at horror made it really yeah, seem like a Lifetime movie. Um, well, I'm all about that. So I think this is this is where our uh, our trajectories are different. Yeah, I maybe I I, I should have taken a less. Um, well, the the problem is I went into this hearing the reviews the gay get out and so i was like wanting this to be like a good horror film uh and it just didn't live up to it all right now we're going to get into spoilers and to go through the plot my sympathetic ear is ready okay the film opens and we get a date of uh december 1983 we open with two young gay guys making out in a car when suddenly so this is meant headlights... to be subversive jared because you're meant to think that one of the gay guys is a woman because he's like super feminine as an earring are we i That's could what tell I it was boys it... from the, from the start i thought it was meant to be like oh it's like a teen couple a regular teen couple <gasps> a gay oh, teen couple gays. i thought it was meant to be like a bit of a reveal yeah let yeah. us know what you guys think shocking the headlights come on and it's some gays uh and then we cut away thinking that oh something menacing is going to happen to these young young gays what possibly flash- could it be we then flash forward to december 1997 and we have a family driving in a car consisting of malik uh aaron and their daughter kayla i think kayla's in her teens maybe about 16 and they're driving to a new town Weirdly, the film starts with something random hitting their car window. I just took that to, yeah, it was a bird. I just took that to be an omen, like, get out. There you go. So we're just starting off with no subtlety here. 
Um, so clearly that's the first shock that something is wrong. Maybe it was like they'll be prey to the vultures, like the bird was meant to symbolize the town who were going to devour There was them. no shot of a bird, though. So it's like, I think it was potentially compared, like, trying to argue the logic of this film, maybe that was an early sign that the ghost warning them. Our family consists of, uh, well... I already had this rant to Sam about this. For some reason, in North American films, this is a Canadian film uh, involving a bunch of uh, American writers. Um, they always do a gay couple where there's like a serious business one. Usually he's like a lawyer or something. And then like a slightly younger creative one. And I feel like that's always this, this you know, one of them has to be like the free spirit wife character in how they depict gay couples on screen. Yeah. I totally agree with the gender with the gender role like comment. Like I do think there's there often is like the more like femme like yeah, free spirited creative one and like the serious yeah, career man. So Malik is our, you know, free spirit. He's a former club kid and he's with Aaron who's an older man that uh, we learn had Kayla when he was with a woman in a previous relationship. Um Kayla is a cliche teenager. Um, she's very upset about the move. Um, and it's hinted at that it's because her mother essentially has abandoned her and that she has to live with her two daddies in 1997. Yeah, her mom is living it up in Costa Rica. Yeah, there's, there's hints that the mother's not so great. Uh, when they first move into the house, we get we get our first kind of ominous sign when you, we have an old man standing outside the house looking in. The next day when Malik is putting out rubbish, she sees the old man again who then ignores him. So we're meant to be like, homophobia it happens in a small town. Mixing with some casual races and maybe oh, like, yeah. you know, double trouble. Malik is African-American, mixed race, I don't know. Hot. POC <laughs> uh, and uh, so, so there might be a bit of that here's the here's the sexy one I would definitely go Malik over over Aaron I mean I, I do either one of them really but you know if we, if we had to pick uh, we I'd probably pick one of the boys from this movie actually so would I um, <laughs> holla <laughs> uh, Kayla is unhappy with the move and we get this this interesting conversation that she has I did kind of like this uh, conversation she has with her boyfriend who lives in the city Kayla's speaking to him on the phone and then her boyfriend says um, well don't make much of this but uh, don't share drinks with them and so the, the hint is that um, I think one of them may be HIV positive or at least Kayla's boyfriend thinks that one of them might be HIV positive. I thought it was just, yeah, meant to show like the ignorant attitudes at the time to mm. HIV. Although Malik was on medication that's never specified. He is. And I thought at what one it is. point we see what looks like a Carposi sarcoma type mark on his chest, which is indicative oh. of the HIV. Malik... He is being the creative type, has a side gig, transcribing these videos of this religious uh, kind of evangelist guy. Um, at night, whilst wandering around the, ha the house, he begins to hear some spooky noises. Uh, the next day, Aaron and Malik meet their neighbor, Tiffany, and Kayla, whilst she's going for a walk to go find some jobs, sees the hot boy in town named Tyler, who... His opening scene is such a cliche. He's like standing in front of his 
like car smoking it's like he's the bad boy in town that she's gonna be with uh so well look i will reform you tyler oh look i'd probably go tyler i'm here to help um i haven't looked up the age of that actor but i'm assuming it's fine oh he's 25 that's fine okay Already, already done and dusted by me. Uh, Malik goes out for a run, and when he returns home, he finds that the word "faggots" is written um, in in his living room. I think across the wall. Uh, hey Sam, did you know that homophobia is a thing, and it's really important? <laughs> Well, I, you know, I hadn't thought about it for so long until I watched this movie just, and I just realized. Are you aware? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weirdly. It's not just small towns that have small minds. Weirdly, this makes no sense to me. Malik doesn't tell Aaron this and he paints over faggots. This wasn't like, this wasn't like vandalized on the outside of his house. Yeah, they broke in. Someone they broke, broke in and did this. into their house and they also took a photo um and and spray painted faggots and he chooses not to tell Aaron. That makes no sense. I mean, I just interpreted that like yeah, I I was thinking like, come on, as if you wouldn't tell your partner that. Also, I don't know how he thought. So after this, he gets a security alarm installed in the house and planned to do that on the down low as well, which doesn't work. Um. He discusses this on the phone with a man named Liam, who remains mysterious uh, throughout the film, and it's never quite resolved about Liam. Um, We're led to believe, and I think it's right, that Liam is the boy he was making out with in the car at the start, that Malik was making out with at the car on the start, yes? Well, Liam's meant to be his ex-boyfriend. That is stated at one point. But yeah, I, I was th- I was wondering that as well. Is it the same boy or is it just another ex? It's never got clearly stated, like, if it's the same guy, I don't think. No. Uh, and, but, it, and it, but it is his ex. more and more mysterious as we go on, uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, Malik and Aaron uh, meet their other neighbour, Marshall. So it's Marshall and Tiffany are their, their neighbours. Um and they they kind of they seem like nice people. Everyone's very accepting of the the gay people, which is kind of nice. Um, no, and I I do love. I feel like Lachlan Munro and I think her name is Chandra West. Lachlan Munro, Munro is a little bit of a B movie icon. I feel like they oh. just like ham it up. I think I just feel like they were loving these roles. I wish I got this. And maybe more that's camp- what got me into this film. I yeah maybe I, I I've seen it twice, but maybe I need to give it another go and just have a like campy b movie Look, i feel like twice is enough to know yeah but i don't think it was meant to be camp b movie yeah that's the problem you can't view it for it lens because i don't think that's what it was meant to be that's just how it played out to me because it was so absurd that night the security alarm goes off and malik finds and chases down an old man who was stalking outside their house the old man uh, gives him a piece of paper which is seemingly blank and then pretends that he's just kind of wandered off. Uh, Kayla and the hot boy Tyler, you know, get get together, start to bond with one another. They smoke weed and play video games because they're teenagers and that's how they're depicted. Malik, whilst at home that night, uh, spots something strange occurring at his neighbor's house.
some sort of ritual. We can only see the upper shot of it. They're, st- they're standing around in the circle. There appear to be robes involved. Another weird choice, he chooses to get his camera that has a flash. It's like a Polaroid camera. Point it, take a photo, full well knowing that there's going to be a flash there, and then tries to hide behind a curtain. Well, I just interpreted that he wasn't aware the flash was going to go off, and that he was like, <gasps> "Don't all of those you know, like cameras when you take a photo flash? of someone, like, and they don't know it, and then like the flash is on, you're like, fuck, hasn't it ever happened to you? Do those? I mean, I've never done that. Polar. Okay, maybe I am. Maybe I am uh, overthinking it. Um, so the next day, we find out that the old man uh, has died, and we see a younger guy named Matthew grieving for his grandfather, and this is all explained to us by the the neighbors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Weirdly soon after that Malik breaks into this young man's house. Totally normal behavior, Jared. Yeah, <laughs> where he finds uh, he finds Darwin's Origin of Species, which I guess kind of works with what's ultimately found out at the end of this, but I don't really understand. Um, and he also sees a photo of um, uh, his neighbors and two women, which end up having some relevance later on. Uh, Kayla is hanging out with Tyler on a bridge another scene that makes no sense to me both of them are hanging out on a bridge chatting with one another and then they just see a man on the other side of the bridge walking in their direction but they fucking freak out I thought at first that this was going to be someone like related to the cult but now I think it was like a ghost from the past who was trying to warn them we're trying to warn Kayla. Okay, that makes a bit more sense, that he's a ghost and Tyler realises that and that's why Tyler freaks out. Yeah, I guess she freaks out because like the, she thinks it's a man and then Tyler's like, oh. Weird within the context of the film. Malik and Aaron visit the neighbours together and uh, Malik, when trying to find the bathroom, ends up wandering into a study. And this was good on a rewatch. Malik goes into the study and discovers an old painting from 1782 in the study. And it's an image of a guy that looks exactly like Tyler. Just as hot. Just the as young youthful. boy. Yeah, the young <laughs> hot boy. Uh, so that's the first clue of something weird uh, going on. However, things aren't all good between Tyler and Kayla. Uh, because uh, Kayla sees Tyler with another girl. Uh, and why Tyler is playing the fields also has some relevance for what we learn later on. The young man, Matthew, who was grieving his grandfather, uh, comes to speak to Malik, and then we get a very odd scene where Malik is asking about his, his grandfather and why he visited him, and then the guy teleports, right? He goes from, like, one side of the couch to another, and then they hug 
and it seems like it's getting really intimate until Aaron walks in and catches them. But I don't. It's I, it's one of those unconsciously intimate hugs. Like Malik isn't trying to start anything, but the other guys like all over him, and you know, just try, he's yeah. like caressing him. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be he's complaining. I'd be like, sure, have have your way I, with I me. I go that, and I and I did would. like this. I liked that. I I I um I was like, are they really going to do this thing where like he's going to be annoyed that that a hot young man is attracted to him? But I'm glad they at least were like, Aaron's like, ooh, it's been a while since we played with a third, and I was like, good, that's how an actual gay couple works. Um, <laughs> gay culture game strong. That night, uh, whilst Malik and Aaron are going to bed, they hear Kayla scream. This was a good scene. I like this scene. They heard Kayla scream and they walk into her room and she's covered in blood. But not her blood. Not her blood. We learn, they look up and it's it's leaking from the roof and it turns out there's a whole bunch of dead raccoons or some other type of pest that has died on the roof and is decaying and that's causing the blood to drip down. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that scene in Suspiria where like all the maggots are coming down on dancers' faces. Oh, Yeah. Maybe it's an inspiration. Malik is losing it at this stage. There's a whole thing where it's him and Aaron in the shower making out and talking. And then it turns out he's hallucinated the whole thing. So we start to understand that Malik is losing his grip on reality. Whilst in the shower, Malik realizes that he could use water on the blank piece of paper to find out uh, what it reads. It reads a whole series of dates. He does a bit of detective work um, and goes to the library where he finds out that there's these new stories indicating that a couple is killed every 10 years um, in their neighborhood and that the most recent one was actually a lesbian couple 10 years prior. Whilst in the garage speaking to Liam on the phone, Malik also discovers a spiral pattern on the roof of their garage. Hence the title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Malik ends up going to the abandoned house of the lesbian couple, the ones that, that died or killed, and he notices the spiral on their roof. And then this is the mo- where the movie really lost me. Uh, a spooky ghost appears with tapes in its hands. Look, these scenes I agree didn't work for me. Um, it's terrible effects. Yeah. It kind of it kind of felt like a high school theater production because they didn't do like a CG thing, which I kind of I like that they didn't do it. But it just looks like a person in a Halloween costume. Which is a shame because the production values in the, in the film are generally quite strong. So I'm not sure. I guess I guess they just didn't want to go down the CG route. I guess they were just trying to go for a more practical approach. But yeah, I don't think it worked in this instance. So at this point, we realize that some like spooky shenanigans are happening. And uh, Malik has some tapes that he can watch. Um, when Malik returns, he finds that his hard drive is missing and then he goes and finds Aaron on the beach. And this is where they kind of lost me again, because Aaron is now annoyed because he has all these photos indicating that Matthew and Malik were fucking. And maybe a little bondage play in there. I saw some ropes and some tying up. Um, yes. And this is where Aaron says that he wants Malik to leave the house. Not because he slept with him, but because he lied. Mm. It's about trust. trust. It's universal. Even, even us gays, you know, need a little bit of it. To sustain a happy and healthy relationship. I don't believe in gay relationships anymore. Uh, 
Kayla is getting kind of freaky with Tyler, and this is where we learn that Kayla is a virgin. Maybe relevant. Maybe. And she she's ready to go all the way, but you know, he doesn't want her to. But she she's she, yeah, she's like me. She just wants she wants to give it up the second she can. Yeah. I would with him as well. Turns out that uh Malik's hard drive is being looked at by Marshall, so he goes to Marshall's house and there's I don't I think they're indicating that Marshall discovered, aka planted a bunch of child pornography on Malik's hard drive. Is that what's being hinted at there? I thought that at first, but then at the end, I thought it was meant to just be implying that it was like insane research that Malik had been doing. Ah, oh, to make him like because Malik is, is very obsessed. Yeah, because Malik is very obsessed with this conspiracy about the towns, I thought that he was just trying to plant him as, like, having mental health issues. Okay, because it's never specifically said. Marshall just says things like, you know, you're a sick man, you need to seek help or something like that. So he's hinted that something's there. Um, At some point in this exchange, even though Marshall is looking right at him, Malik steals a book, and that book just happens to explain everything about all of the rituals. Conveniently fallen into some information that you really needed to save your life. Yeah, just conveniently there. And and, and the cult, it's not like the cult wants him to find this either. Like their plan is that he he doesn't know anything about it. Uh, Anyway, he finds out that there there is a ritual that needs to be performed every 10 years. Whilst in the the, um, motel that he's staying at, he sees the spooky ghosts again and it's at this point that he also realizes they've switched out his meds which is why he's going so crazy um and whilst watching the vhs tapes so this is this is how convoluted this fucking plot is we have a book we have vhs tapes we have meds getting transferred out we have a ghost which is not actually necessary to the plot other than it was a means to get the vhs tapes it's so convoluted Um, On the VHS tapes, it indicates that the lesbian couple had a daughter. And that's when Malik says, maybe they're actually targeting um, Kayla. Maybe they're targeting our our daughter. Uh, Malik comes back to the house um, where it's a party, where everyone in town seemingly is there. Uh, He comes in 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 a disordered state and shoots Marshall. Um, and Marshall bl- seemingly bleeds out to death on the floor and everything's reacting in such a way that it makes it think that, oh, fuck, he's actually just insane. These are just normal people. And Malik has chosen to, to kill this guy, which I didn't believe for a single second as I was watching this movie. Hell no. Uh, Malik is taken away and put in prison. Then we get a weird exchange between Malik and Aaron about Liam where Malik says, speak to Liam, um, he'll tell you everything. And then Aaron says, I can't do that. And Malik says, why? And then we get no response. So I think Liam yeah, I think doesn't you're ex- right. Liam died. I think Liam is the boy, the original boyfriend that was murdered. And he di- Yeah, he died, and that's who he's been speaking to on the phone. But... Does that mean he's always been hallucinating Liam since the start? Well, yeah, that's because he starts those phone calls before he's truly like losing it, so, and before like the cult w- were targeting him specifically. So, well, actually, maybe maybe around the time it began, but yeah, it seemed very early on in the piece. And it was introduced as if like they talk all the time. 
But yeah, I think I'm going to interpret it that way, but sometimes it wasn't fully clear. Even the tone of their conversations didn't seem like my pining like teen boyfriend who's now dead as a ghost and me talking or me hallucinating my teenage... Like, they didn't speak, like, I think in a way that made it seem like a dead teenager. Do you know what it seems like to me? It seems like Liam was a convenient way for Malik to uh, express verbally what he was thinking in his head. Yes, good old exposition. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a character that you wrote that, that was just written in to do that and then they were like, oh, he's like a ghost or something later on to try and kind of wrap that up. Well, not a ghost specifically, but I guess delusion. Aaron, obviously quite distraught and at home, uh, discovers one of the VHS tapes that Malik has left. Um, and on that tape, we have uh, 10 years prior... There's video of the lesbian couple and their kid talking at a party in their neighbor's home. And that's when we see everyone else looks exactly the same to how they are now. And in particular, Tyler looks completely the same. And if anyone was going to age, it's his beautiful, youthful face in 10 years. <laughs> um, and so this, uh, the, the, there is a, the last, the end of this, I will actually say was good. And I wish the, the whole movie was this. There's a good scene where you can see uh, Aaron re- reacting to this and there's all people in hoods hidden in the background. Yeah, standing yeah, standing on like the porch. Yeah. Um, Aaron ends up breaking into Kayla's room and Kayla is dead. Um, She's literally getting eaten out by her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but like intestines, not pussy. Yeah, and Tyler's just sitting there eating um it's kind of hot i think he's like topless i was into it i don't know um uh well look you and i both (laughs) it um and then we cut to marshall who is actually alive giving us a bit of exposition uh he explains that he'd rather um not do this but they target whoever's marginalized at the time um as part of their ritual that they need to do every 10 years couple of questions on this so they are immortal creatures i'm assuming who need to feed every 10 years to remain immortal right yes okay so they just stay in one spot and then pick whichever marginalized person is in the neighborhood at the point at any given year yeah that's the explanation given anyways so they just stay there and then it's just whoever's marginalized within the small small town and yeah but the, i think the whole commentary the whole social commentary the film is trying to have is that in like in these kind of environments like these things happen all the time and like marginalized people just slip through the cracks so that that like it's you know and that these murders um i suppose they always blame the murder on someone that's the explanation yeah they always try and blame it on someone else well that they shift the blame on if the scenario in this film has any weight they shifted onto somebody else who's marginalized so in this you know in this case and in the case with the lesbian couple 10 years prior it was that one of the lesbians in this in this case malik the black gay man were the ones responsible for killing like the other we like you know people who like deviated from the norm but i guess they were also an other so it's kind of like oh these crazy um these crazy unconventional families okay all right so that's the... I think it was, yeah, going for like a small town, small mine kind of Second vibe. point. Second point. How does this ritual work? Because Tyler ate Kayla's insides, but they're all immortal. 
right? Maybe they all shared Aaron. We never actually see Aaron die. Yeah, are we assuming that... No, because I, I thought Kayla was special because she was a virgin, which is why they targeted people that had young women. Oh, that's true. Her virginity does play into it. But is the virginity just for Tyler? Does he just like him a bit virginal? I don't know. Maybe Tyler just... Maybe Tyler's like the god and he just he, he just like, feeds everyone else of his godly powers. It makes more sense if it was Tyler is the only immortal one and it's just a cult that follows Tyler over generations, right? Except for Marshall says that he's been around for a long time, indicating that he is also an immortal. Yeah. Well, and the fact that he was shot... And still alive. And died and then came back to life. Yeah. So... I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Um, the- Look, they feed off the souls of families and somehow it sustains a whole community who live in a really boring area. And I, I don't even know what. And I don't even know why you would want to live forever if you lived right? in a town like that. What a, like- At least move to the big city. Come on. Like nothing against also, it just you know, makes country sense. life. But do you want to live there for hundreds of years living the same life over and over again? No. And what do they do? Like, what is the point of the cult? They just fantasize about killing people for 10 years, then they do it. They just hang around for 10 years. I like that they killed Kayla. I like that they were willing to be brutal. Uh, But it makes no sense. Um, The film ends with a flash forward to the 7th of November, 2005. Um, We see everyone in town is the same age because they're immortal. And you have a Sikh family moving in because they're the new marginalized group. Um... Why didn't they have a Muslim family? They had like a Sikh. I mean, I guess most of the audience would just interpret it as like vaguely Middle Eastern. So I guess I guess the point is still obvious that there are others in this all-white town. Aside from a random black ghost and maybe Malik's ghost of his hanging out. Well, does, I don't think Malik... Does Malik die? I think Malik does die. We never see it. Isn't it kind of... Impl- it's implied that he's dead. Well, before... That's the interpretation I got. It, it turns out as well, we see at the end, that Malik has left clues in the house, um, indicating uh, exactly what happened, including his Polaroids, trying to warn the new residents about the horrible neighbours that are around them. And that's where the film ends. You need to stop thinking that everyone's trying to get you all the time. Marshall and Tiffany are good people. Well, to new neighbours. New neighbours. So did I make you did I make you hate this movie more because I pointed out why it doesn't make any sense? No, because I kind of felt that the whole time anyway. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but because I was just along for the ride and kind of having a good time of it, it's what stopped it from being a four-star movie. If I thought that there was an actual, you know, if I thought it all came together in the right way, then it probably would have gone up. But it, it was just something that I was, like, quite entertained by the whole time. I wish that, like, that Kayla eating scene happened randomly midway through the film. Like, how good would that That'd have been? That would really, like, throw a spanner in the works. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the, and then the rest of the film is Malik um, trying to set things up and to warn people. Maybe we do that whole 10-year period of him out there trying to stop this cult. Much better film. But, no, this one, you learn about homophobia and it's the get out for gays, I guess. Very heavy-handed, but, you know, a fun ride. I think it's worth watching. Just have a couple of beers. Don't take it too seriously. You'll be okay. Unless you're Jared, then you'll be enraged. Unless you're cynical like me and, and dislike it. I think the, the bar is very low when it comes to gay or queer horror films. It's, we have, we've only got a handful of, you know, ones that are even slightly acclaimed. But have we not shown 
you know what I think it is? It's like North American gay films are terrible. But all of the great films that we've covered on this podcast have been European gay films and European, like, like Knife Plus Heart, like European gay horror films that have been brilliant. Yep. But they're not things that a general audience would be used to seeing. Or I guess a, I guess Spiral is a more kind of accessible film, and it's on like a major platform. Fuck the general audience. Well, sh- well sh- <laughs> yeah, Shutter is a semi-major platform. I guess it's, it's much bigger in America. I think. All right, I'm a snob. I don't like the general audience taste. I want my I want like the fourth man <laughs> and like just be you, Daddy. In my my elite horror. Thank you for listening to the Sinister Sissies podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Sinister Sissies. You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Bartle. That's Jared with a Y. You can follow us on Instagram at Sinister underscore Sissies. I screw that up every time. Please consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, You can find us at patreon.com slash Sinister Sissies. And until next time, stay sinister.